20 of the Flames Fancast. If you believe it or not, we've been doing this for 20 episodes. But uh, we're sitting here Monday, family day, about an hour before the Flames play the Bruins. Uh, there's nothing on with the Olympics right now, so we're doing the podcast. The opportunity, the <laughs> opportune time to do it is now. And we, do wanna, we did want to do a podcast before a game. Just to kind of have another angle of uh, you know looking at the game or sorry looking at the team and looking at the projected lineups and seeing and making a prediction uh, so to speak before the game. So before we go to the Boston, let's talk about uh, Florida. Mm-hmm. That was that was Saturday night, is that right? Yeah. Oh uh, boy, that was terrible. We uh, th- we looked tired. We looked uh, we looked out of sync. Tired. Um, I don't know. There was no drive. We weren't. We I think we just took it too easy. We were like, okay, it's 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 Florida. Who gives a shit? We we should be able to beat these guys. At least get a point out of it. Nope, nope, nope. That didn't happen Big at no. all. Um, you can't take these these teams that are lower in the standings for granted at all. Never, because the biggest problem is that you play to their level. This is an age old thing. And I mean, you know, you look at the results of that day. Everyone in our conference had played before we'd played, and we knew the results, and we knew what we had to do, and it wasn't like that was any motivation whatsoever. Yeah, we came out completely flat. It was as if, you know, okay, we saw L.A. had won and Anaheim had won, uh, and that wasn't like, okay, boys, you know, we got Florida at home here. We got to do this. Uh, We lost 6-3. Yeah, and like... And I mean, it was 6-2 at one point. It was. They they just outclassed us. And again, like we didn't play our game. And I, I I'm getting down like I'm back I'm slowly getting back to the anti gully train again because the guy is just not it just seems like he's tactically inferior yeah. to everybody that we just we just play. Like we have these good games that like the flames look great, but ultimately the players are just gelling those games and like we we need him to be able to look at these lineups and be like, okay, it's time to mix it. It's time to put Kachuk on the first line. Try him out there. Like, what, what are things his, aren't working, what try are his different. What are his tactical decisions that you've noticed at any point throughout this decision? Very little. Like, the only, they're almost forced decisions. It's like you have a guy like Brower, and he's like, he's like the only guy that's like hovering between lines, and that's purely because of an injury. You look at other like defensive pairings. We haven't changed the defensive pairings basically since like the all, first 10 games season. of the season. Well, we changed a little bit with uh, Stone and have Brody we, playing together, but that was because of a fucking injury again. Our top two lines have pretty much been locked. Exactly. So you have to start incentivizing guys to try and play for the first line or the second line. Like They need to be looked on as the lines to strive for. So with Kachuk, for example, he's been hands down probably our best player in the last 15 games or so. Give the kid a chance in the first line. I haven't seen Furlan really do anything in the last few games. It's time to kind of like give Kachuk him a... Kachuk plays left wing. It, fine, but like, does it really matter in the end? Should I it mean, really matter that much? I don't think it matters that much, but it maybe shouldn't it matter to that these much. guys. I don't know. It, well, you honestly, know, he's not trying anything different. Any, why not try? On it the, doesn't hurt. On the tactics point, if you watch um, other teams... They come in playing us with a game plan. And I've never seen us come in playing any team with a plan for that specific team. No, okay, we know, same. we know Arizona is weak at this. Let's do this. Uh, we know we can get L.A. if we're quick down the wing and have shots from the point or whatever. We, 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 do, we do nothing. Like, we do not prepare our games. We do not prepare for games in advance. Um, we don't have a game plan for specific teams. 
I don't know if we just think we're so good that we can just play our game and we're going to win every game or if it's just it's just inept and I mean you, you look at how the that power play goes how how terrible that is we and haven't, we haven't improved the lick man but in general like the coaching in general what like what coaching decisions have we seen the guy doesn't even call timeout at appropriate times yeah I mean like, it's there for a reason I really don't know how we're how we go into games against different opposition okay we're playing Edmonton and then we're playing Nashville and then we're playing Vancouver. This is what we're going to do against these different teams. Even when you play any sport, you know, you might talk with the guys. Even, to him, okay, these guys are bad at this. Let's do this, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I was watching this, the curling in the Olympics. And Cooey's like, uh, they were interviewing Mark Kennedy. And he talked about, we know that the Americans like to play a really, they like to have a lot of rocks in play and play a drawing game. So we're trying not to play to their strengths. Wow. These are four guys who figured it out. Yep. And we have a we have a whole army compared to them of people looking to see this is how we have to shut down this team and this is how we can expose their weaknesses. We do none of that. And it's just it's just it's frustrating at this point of the season. Like let's 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 go out there and let's have a plan. It does uh it doesn't have to be much, like one or two things. I know, I'm just putting my face in my palm here, but like it is it is almost the simple things of the coaching of the coaching aspect right it changing your tactic changing your lineup changing your i don't know your approach to the power player the penalty kill analyzing your opposition strengths and weaknesses these are things that should be almost mechanical as a coach the hardest part of a, being a coach is being able to motivate your guys constantly game in and game out helping them strive to a separate level of the game too helping them grow especially the young guys right like you're you're essentially a leader in that respect too you're supposed to help these guys grow and and flourish into better players i don't see really any of that no aside from maybe kachuk you know kachuk has been flourishing um see, i but don't know if it comes down kachuk to kachuk has the right attitude respect. yeah like i think that actually comes down more to his dad keith well, I think Keith is helping you him think grow about more. when you played sports and you were, you know, a young 17, 18 year old kid and you're playing with men, 30, 30 year old, 35 year old, even 28 year old men. Right. You were afraid to let them down. Mm-hmm. Like you didn't want to make a mistake. You wanted to show up and, you know, you didn't want to disappoint them. I don't think anyone feels that way on this team. Doesn't really feel like it, except for Kachuk. Well, I mean. Man, the kid's a competitor. I like, think, you can't I think teach that. Gio really has to has a lot to do as a leader. And I mean he's a great leader, don't get me wrong, but the task that, that, that Gulletson's kind of given him or that has naturally evolved for him is huge. Like to lead this team, so many different personalities and so many different ages, and I, I, that's tough. And you look at his assistant captains, how much is Monaghan and Brower really helping him out? Yeah, I I don't know. Monahan's a great guy, don't get me wrong, but he's not a leader. I mean, we don't know that. We, oh, I, I'm, I'm speculating here, but you can see leadership on the field. Or, oh, sorry, on the, on the <laughs> ring. <laughs> on the ice. <laughs> well, you can, just, you can see players that are leaders out there, right? When you're watching a game, you can see who the leaders are. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, we've watched how, how many games since the season are we now? Like 40, We're like 50-something? 50, mid-50s? Yeah, so I mean... 
You know, no. you watch this team enough to know. I agree that I'm you'll see the vocal guys. You know the guys that are like on the bench, just like yelling at the other guys, going like, "Let's go, let's go." Um, I don't really. Monahan does seem like the quiet type. Uh, Brower again, aside from my disappointment with him in performance-wise, anyway, this season, uh, I don't know what he does in terms of the leadership side. He might be a little bit more vocal than Monahan, for example. But I, I don't know if we're really comparing two guys that actually should be in the running for having the A on their jersey. But um, comparatively speaking, I can probably see Brower being a, a little bit more of a vocal leader. But, I mean, in the end, like, yeah, Mike Smith for sure is like Who captain cares about material. Giving, like, a, giving a goalie a cap? Vancouver did it. It, it wasn't yeah, terrible for no, them. No, no, it's not. a and, and the goalie's on the ice the whole time. Yeah. Like, he sees the whole game. So I, I actually don't see why he I, wouldn't be the captain. But, I mean, the absence from being on the bench – is probably not a good thing. It's probably a disadvantage because it's not like he can skate to the bench and be like, get, get your fucking shit together. Oh, he could. Skate, well, he could. And then <laughs> skate back from an empty net, right? Like, I mean, well, he just has to wait for if a there's, whistle. If there's TV any goalie, time out, man. If there's any goalie that <laughs> but will do that, it's Mike Smith. I, anyway. I think that would be kind of effective because you know you did something and you know Smith is going to come ream you out and you have to sit there dreading that next TV timeout. Yeah. You're, you're going one. to be thinking, Holy shit, he's going to come over and he's going to rip me a new one. And then when he does, you're like, I got to perform. Yeah. I got a friend that actually knows Mike Smith personally. He says he's an absolute beauty. Oh, and, and the guy like, like the guy backs it up with his play. Absolutely. So, I mean, but he's a temperamental guy too. Like this is the kind know, of coaching stuff that we should be considering, like something new, something revolutionary because what we're doing right now is if we make it it's a, it's a first round exit. Yeah. In, in five games or less. Like, I can't see us. Whoever we're playing, we're going to get a... We, well, we, we get third. We play, the, what, San Jose, LA, or Anaheim? Five and out. Like... Do you think we're going to make the playoffs? <laughs> no. But really? if we do make it, we're out in the first round. That was a quick no. I, you're, you're not convinced at all, You hey? know what? It was really upsetting that Saturday. Like, you look at the standings, like, everyone else won, and we're playing Florida at home. This is a must-win game. Florida's out. They're playing well, but they're out. Yeah. And that team is more up for it for you, and they ship six past you, and you get, you get three. We were down 6-2 at one point. That just shows me, like, I don't know much about L.A., Anaheim, or San Jose, but when I look at the standings nowadays, they're almost always consistently winning or getting points. Yeah. And it, it's, it's so disheartening as a Flames fan. Maybe they're disheartened too, but... You know, you're a professional sports player. You have to use that as motivation to say we cannot let these guys get away from us because if we, if we drop out of that race two points, four points back, my God, I don't know how we're going to recover. Like we're playing Boston in, in 30 minutes, absolutely kicked the shit out of us the other day. Then we got Vegas, Arizona, and then Colorado. <sighs> Tough yeah. games. Like we're playing Arizona away and, you know <laughs> – you should feel like that's a lock-on win for the Flames, but, but you, don't, you don't. You don't feel that well, way. Even more so because it's an away game too. Yeah, like it, we it need to play all lock. our games away. Yeah, I know, and that's another thing we should touch on. Like, why are we so bad at home? It doesn't. Nothing about that resonates with me very well. It, it doesn't. Like, first and foremost, like every arena has its own niches, right? So. Everybody knows that like some arenas have more active boards, um, some other arenas don't. Some some arenas have good ice. Like, it, you know, Calgary 
has its own niches and our players should know that like it's little things like that that actually should give you the edge aside from your fans being uh, here's you know, supportive a, here's an example exactly about what you're talking about really old movie terrible movie but it had jeff bridges in it it's called door in the floor and there was a scene in this movie where he was playing some kid in squash that he didn't like and he built his own squash court. And he knew, like, where the dead spots were and everything like that. Absolutely kicked the shit out of that kid. Like, who's a good yeah. squash, squash player? But he knew all the things. We should know everything. We should feel comfortable. It's our arena. We know everything. You know, your game day procedure, you do it 41 times a year. But, uh, you know, those days of where coming to the Dome was an absolute fortress, those are gone. Yeah. Like, we, should, we need to take a lesson out of Vegas's book. I mean, I've watched a bunch of their games this year. Uh, I absolutely love watching their games. They they are so bloody entertaining. They got like, you know, they have an advantage because they probably have access to all the awesome DJs like in the strip. But like, <laughs> I swear they bring in like, like a DJ that plays at the pool parties. Like the, it's fucking loud in there. The music gets everybody fired up. Everybody's just rowdy. Yeah, I mean, I, they got like cool like shows during intermissions. Like they had the Blue Man Group like smashing on the fucking drums and they were making all these light shows and shit like okay we're not obviously going to do all that but i mean there there are aspects where we don't utilize our our stadium but, enough okay what do you think two o'clock on family day what's the atmosphere going to be like oh in the it's game gonna today? be fucking quiet it's always like that though yeah like we we aren't very good at uh being very loud and being very i don't know Vocally supportive of our team is, is not And as fans, you know, as, as there fans. is a really great core group of Flames fans, an excellent core group of Flames fans who are, like, committed to the team, you know, follow it day by day. But, A, maybe they're not the most vocal people in real life. Or, B, maybe they're not at the games. And the people at the games, they just, we're just not, you know, in unison. It doesn't seem like it's a... Basically, for the Flames, we need a playoff atmosphere every game. Yeah. Like they need to bring out that flag. They need to get it going. They need to do something to get these people fired up. Like have someone in every section, like like a like a political commissar from the USSR getting okay. everyone going. Like <laughs> Um Yeah, from not in so many words, but I agree. Like we uh I don't see why we wouldn't bring out that massive flames flag every game. I don't we see need why it we now. can't we need like, it. I don't see why we can't you know, have fans like, so our fans, it, it's, it's a bit of a two faced thing, right? So our fans are actually pretty fucking amazing during the playoffs. Like our stadium is pretty damn loud in there. Absolutely. When, when we're in the playoffs, our playoff but atmosphere is good. Our regular season atmosphere is just dog shit. And in general, and I'm not speaking on behalf of the maybe five or 6,000 fans in the stadium that come in game in game out and they're there to cheer the team on, but that's still not enough people to give that, extra oomph you know like that extra environmental push for the players and the players get their own music played like i'm sure they have a say in what gets played and and all that like you know the fire getting like shot out through the uh those uh you know those what do you what do you call those, those things? and max things those n max things like the flamethrowers giant blowtorches yeah the blowtorch like things like that like they add they add an element of like motivation for the players but do it more and uh, get rid of this fucking organ. I, I hate this thing, man. Like Willie Juicin. Yeah, like yeah, it just sucks anything out of you. It does. Like the the organ does not give me. It that tires me out, man. Like it's kind of funny to hear. And the, he's playing uh, the same like it's the Zelda same and yeah. Mario and Star Wars. Oh, 
Like, it's just, it was cool for like the first like few times I heard it, but not after It was like, cool three in years. 93. It wasn't really, yeah, exactly. It I, was actually cool in like the 70s when you needed yeah. an organ. Now, I'm not saying get a fucking DJ like Vegas does every game, but I mean, I'm kind of saying that. <laughs> get, get one. Get, get something going because we, we as fans need to be. Um, well, you know better, what? You know what ownership that. did was they looked at a way to make money and then they opened up the dome early and you could buy cheap beer half an hour before puck drop. So let's say puck drops at seven, cheap beer from five thirty to seven thirty, five dollar burger, five dollar beer. They want to make money, right? Yeah. They want to make money, and uh, I would just be kind of more interested to see ways where I can get the fans more engaged. And I haven't seen anything change well, over the getting years. Getting them drunk is one way. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, man. <laughs> if that's your only solution, then that's no, a, it's not. That, the, that's a it's, terrible it's business not my model. Solution, I know, but, but I'm saying as ownership, helps. if that's your only solution, no. That's Stop. like, <laughs> like I, I want I want those flamethrowers to go off more often. I want some better music in the stadium. I want like I want things to like incite our fans to get going here. Like, Hire like ten more Harveys. Yeah, I'm not talking about probably the people that are listening to the show right now. I'm not talking about you guys. I'm talking about like, you know, lower bowl guys that are just not really. I mean, they're there because they got an invite or something like that. Like we, we need everybody in on this because if we want to make the playoffs, we really got to make the home, the home stadium a fortress. We have to win today. And we have to win today. We got to win today. Um, so speaking of, uh, we had, so the trade deadline is not very active for anybody for that matter. I think the only big trade I remember is the uh, Gabrick shore for FNAF. Oh yeah, well everything happens on like the Monday, right? Right. Or the so days leading up to nothing, it. Nothing, nothing really crazy or anything like that that's gone on. I don't think the Flames are going to do anything no. unless something extraordinary happens. Well, uh, but we did make a big signing, yeah, or, or a re-signing. Yeah, the Backlund deal. Um, six years, five point three five per year, basically. Um, I like it. Yeah. Seems pretty reasonable. Guy's a solid player. Um. I mean, I could see him easily filling in on that first line if Monahan ever got hurt. Uh, and I, I like having him as my second-line center, especially with Kachuk and Froelich. And Froelich's contract keeps getting uh, smaller, so that's good. Unlike Troy Brower's, which stays the same yeah. forever. Well, I mean, he's... So, six years. So, we're going to have him until he's basically, what, 33, 34? So, we've, we've tied him down for He's 28? Yeah, he's 28. Oh, man. So, but time flies. It does. Uh, yeah, because I still remember when we um, when we first got him. Um, but yeah, like you know, we've tied him down for his best years. He's in his prime now. I think six is maybe a year too long. I, I probably would have pushed for more of a five year deal. But I mean, potato potato. At that was this probably point. the compromise, right? Yeah, like I lower slightly lower dollar value for an extra year. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of Backlund, so I, I'm fine with this deal too. I still thought it was too long, but I mean, I'm I'm more of a point if if I was running a hockey team, like I don't really want to give guys more than four years on a contract because I do worry about this whole like getting lazy after getting a massive contract. Like I I do. I mean, I think how many times does it happen? Well, I mean. You look at the Flames, and they're both sides of that argument. I mean, you've got Goudreau and Monaghan on absolutely sweet deals who are performing like crazy. And it, you, any team is taking Goudreau at that money. Any team is taking Monaghan at that money. 
any team. That's amazing money. But, but could that be because is that why they're playing so well though? That they know that they can get some better, and then by the time they're done their contracts, but, they're gonna get the big one. Oh yeah, but those contracts aren't done for a while. Absolutely, but I mean, I don't think that's in their mind. I just think they're good players. So then, so then, yeah, so then they're examples of good, motivated players that we need, and that's that's when the long term contract works. I, I mean, agree. I th- I think as a GM, you're just worried about losing that asset, and you know you've got something that you like, and you want to lock it down. Yeah, and like the bargaining chip for Backlund is he's probably like, well, if I don't get this many years, then I'll I'll test the market. And yeah, and the Flames didn't want that to happen, no. right? And because once you say that, as a franchise, you're fucked because you the other teams that you know you're trying to deal him to, they know that he's like, ah, I'm good. I'm good at walking away from this. And so the other teams will know that all of a sudden the value is diminished. Like your bargaining chip in Backlund is down big time. Yeah. No different than when like Iginla well, was if, like if basically the flames like, are If the Flames are going into the trading deadline trying to shop Backlund, that's a really bad move. Oh, absolutely. Like I, I, I like the deal. I'm, I'm like, I love Backlund. I think he's one of our better players. Consistent guys. Value add guys. Like he's going to be fine. Um, probably one of the better deals we'll make for the upcoming couple years here. Like we have a few contracts that are going to be expiring soon. Um, I am curious to see what we're going to offer uh, guys like Kachuk. Um, we'll deal with it when the time comes, but um, yeah, I mean, that's our big, when's move. Kachuk do a contract Not next year. Yeah, I think so. Cause didn't we, uh, I mean, he's been out for two seasons. So yeah, next year. Well, I mean, you're losing some money too. Stajan's off the books. Brower has one season left. Yeah. Uh, well, staging's getting quite a bit. We might make some moves on, on defense here. Yeah. But. So, I mean, like, I, the beauty of, of our situation is, is that we have contracts that are expiring um, that are going to open up quite a bit of cap space for us. Uh, we have a good young team, and we're slowly embracing this, bring up the A, bring up the guys in the system, rather than trying to make a trade to, like, improve, this, improve the team. And I think that's the way to do it these days. Im- Im- just improve within. I mean, you know, Edmonton could take a page of that book, but like, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, we'll avoid that. But like, we should improve within. Edmonton could take a page out of many books. Yeah, well, they lost Arizona, by the way. You guys are fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, yeah, the, the signing's good. I don't think, none of us think we're going to make a big trade. No. Uh, again. We could use one. I mean, There's not much out there either. No, there isn't. Like, I, I, what are you gonna do, right? Like, you know, I heard we were talking to uh, uh, Bobby Ryan or talking about Bobby Ryan. But no, absolutely not. No way. You're clearly not a fan. I mean, that contract is death. The contract is my problem, and his injury proneness. Like, he's had wrist injuries. Wrists. Yeah, I, like, I understand that Brian Burke likes Bobby Ryan and stuff like that, but no, <laughs> no. I don't care. Get out of here. It's not like wrist injuries are, are are not a big deal. I mean, you got to hold your stick and take a shot. Like, I mean, that that would not be a good idea. That'd be classic old flames to do that kind of trade. And I'm hoping that we've turned a new leaf here in the in the last couple of years and and just started scouting and and starting to put a youth movement into this team. Is that Bobby Ryan rumor have any traction or is that just no? It it's got it's got semi decent traction. Like there's some reputable if they do guys. That, they won't do it. It's not an Elliot Friedman post on Twitter, but it there's some semi you know reputable guys just talking about it. I'm not saying it's a you know it's not like we made an offer, but it's more like we're gauging him. So, I, if it was Bobby Ryan like 
five years ago, no problem. But I mean, now it's like, well, he hasn't really consistently played injuries, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he had that whole like witness protection program story to him, which is kind of cool. I mean, I could see that being like a player spotlight thing on the Jumbotron at some point. But I mean, that's how much value I, I don't think he's going to. I mean, that would be all the value that he would add. <laughs> like, no, he adds nothing. It I, wouldn't be I, nothing. If he stayed healthy, he'd be all right. He's not like an incapable. He's a talented player. He's just not very. He's lost it. He's lost it. Yeah, well, it's because he's getting injured all the time. <laughs> okay, here, here's I know a, you're not a fan. Here's a situation for you. <laughs> Troy Brower for Bobby Ryan. <laughs> this is just a pure contract play, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but yeah, I'll take Troy Brower because his contract's slightly better. And Bobby Ryan's stuck with you forever. Yeah. yeah, the contract is brutal. Like, that's the only way I could see the Flames even well, considering like, this deal. If they're like, give us Rasmus Anderson and UC Valiamaki, <laughs> no, no, go away. No, I know, but I mean, like, it's not abnormal for a team to offer paying part of his salary, too. Like, what if what if Ottawa's paying... 25%? Yeah. Like they did with Phaneuf? Yeah. For Troy Brower, sure. Yeah, see, that then, basically so there is makes a, it even. I know, they pay 25% over the... So how, you, how many years left for Ryan? So as a player, you take Ryan over Brower. Oh, obviously. But how yeah. many years left for, for, for Ryan? Like, if it's, over, if it's over three years, I still have to say no. I don't, I don't think it's... He's on a very years? long-term deal. I know it's long-term. I'm just checking it right now. But I don't, I don't, think, it's, uh, I don't think it's that much longer. Uh, I, you know what I miss? I miss the old NHL salary cap website by that guy who unfortunately I think died. He did, yeah. Uh, that was a great website. That was a great for, because that, You know what? That guy was one guy who sucks. did this amazing site. And you know what I really liked about it? As soon as the contract was in, it was updated pronto. Yeah, like he and he just did it so clearly and, and beautiful like this. I don't want to get in trouble here, but cat friendly is not very user friendly and there really was no pun intended there. There's a there's NHL numbers, too. OK, so the contract is seven years and it started in 2015. So, so yeah, you got him for four or five years left. No. Yeah. So that's not even long. taking Troy Brower can make me take Bobby Ryan. He is 30 years old. No. De hard no. Hard pass. But he has 20 points in 39 games this year. Year prior, 25 and 62, which wasn't very good. But no. the year before that, 56 and 81. Oh, yeah. If we go back to 20, 2006. I'm, I'm you know, looking in, at in 2015. Junior, in junior, he had 111 points one year. You don't need to exaggerate. No, he didn't have 111 <laughs> points. He had 102. Anyway, <sighs> Fact-checking Tyler today. That backland deal is sweet, though. Yeah. It's, it's good. It does yeah, the trick. We're all good. We love it. We're um, hoping for more similar deals for our players. And, uh, you know. Well, I mean, he deserves it, too. Like, we just need to give contracts to guys that deserve it. Um, speaking of, so our next, uh, our next game is starting in about 20 minutes here. Boston. Predictions. Uh, any lineup changes? 
Well, can't seem to find the lineup. Like for whatever reason, oh. CalgaryFlames.com usually has a projected lineup hours before the game, but I yeah. don't see it this usually time. Usually comes up on my face. But the one thing that actually was the, I mean, the only positive out of the uh, Florida game was playing Gillies in a no pressure situation. Really, Gillies didn't start. No, but it was an opportunity for him to play, and and they played him, and he looked all right. Gillies is not a bad player. No, like, he's not. But I just I just like the fact that he got some more playing time. That was really the only... I'm really digging deep for the positives out of that game. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to be digging that deep, but... Uh, player to watch. Five things. Yeah, this is Coming weird to tonight's game, really if the a... Flames score five goals, a lucky winner will win... Uh, a a quarter chicken dinner at Swiss Chalet, and uh, I hate Swiss Chalet, but you like it, Jank. I do. Anyhow, Boston, Boston. Do we? We, do we predictions? Uh, I think we're gonna win today. We need to win today. Uh, I mean, fuck. We gotta get some revenge too. If revenge is not even in the cards or part of the goddamn team talk in the dressing room right now, um, then yeah, <laughs> life's a little bit harder. But we should be looking into that way. Yeah, um, like like I think you know, it's a it's a home game in the afternoon. We don't play many of those. We're coming off a tough loss to Florida. I don't know what we've done to rebound. I don't know what we've done to motivate ourselves for this game. Uh, like I said, you know, what's our plan for shutting down their top line? What's our plan for playing the rest of the team? We don't have one. We have no plan. And we're playing Boston, uh, a team who you know in the past 30 games or so has been absolutely electric and we're just kind of going in hoping okay boys let's uh, let's go out there let's do our best yeah we're playing them at the wrong time for sure but so yeah my 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 confidence in the team right now is 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 low but my hope for the team is high <laughs> <laughs> wow it's like the biggest cop out ever so yeah honestly if you ask me right now who's going to win i'd say boston i hope the flames uh, we really need, we really, really need two points from this game. I don't care if it goes to overtime. We just need two points because Boston's in the East. We're in the West, obviously. Mm-hmm. Don't care how many points they get. Only care how many points we get. Let's have the two, please. Like, uh, Boston, you know, be nice. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I guess like game day jitters are starting to set in for the both of us about 10 minutes left till the game starts. But yeah. <laughs> I mean, I always feel like this before every game. It's like this weird, I don't want to feel like this anymore. Like I bet you Vegas fans don't feel like this at all. Uh, but like, I hate the, like the last hour before a game where I'm just sitting there thinking like, okay, I already know that tactically we're going to be the same fucking team. Uh, mm-hmm. We have, again, we, you know, we have Klimchuk on the lineup now, but I mean, really, that's not the change that I want to see from a coaching perspective. I want to see something different. Like, what are Boston's strengths? What do we do to oppose that? What do we do to change that's, our that's game? That's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. We, so we, like, we don't I'm, have any plan like that for any team. I don't have this crazy confidence for the team right now, but like, I always still get nervous before every game, like hoping that we win. Uh, so hey, even fundamentally thinking, you know, you've played sports simulators before right you build your own fantasy team in nhl you make coaching decisions based on the other team yeah you tactically adjust based and sometimes even in the game it's like we suggest that you do this kind of approach against this kind of team team it's built into a 
a video game <laughs> that, that like 10-year-olds play. And our coaching just looks so inept. But anyhow, I hope we win. I really do. And <laughs> we're so like... I like this team is just... It's just I have I have a huge sometimes. amount of confidence going into the beginning of the season, and then towards the end, my confidence just sucks lower and lower and lower. This this Florida game and like say losing to I, I, like I almost want to go into this game not hope thinking we're gonna lose so that I feel great yeah. if we win. But even like the, and if we lose, I'm not upset. Yeah, but even like the Vegas game, like I swear that was like a turning point in my like confidence in this team this season when we just like broke down like that. And, well. And, there was the simple coaching changes that we could have made, like not keep the guy on the ice that fucking gave the puck away, like blatantly. I mean, it's not like he did it on purpose, but fuck, like that was a play of a player that just wasn't ready to compete that that day. And you put him on in probably the most vital part of the game. You got to get your head a shake on that one. <laughs> I mean, you just don't... Give like, you your head a shake. You can't. Like you can't do that. And, like, I swear, ever since then, I've just been kind of like, yeah, like, I get this weird nervousness over me before every game, but at the same time, like, there's this dwindling confidence, like you said. And it sucks. It's a shitty feeling. I liked watching this team without really any expectations and then them surprising me. But the reality is, as we get better as a team, we have to start raising our expectations because that's the only way we're going to break barriers of success. So, that being said, they better fucking win tonight. We need a win. We cannot lose. We can't lose. We, we cannot lose. We put ourselves lose. in this ridiculous fucking You know, we spot. lose. I think we go, we, we go, what, four points out of the playoff spots yeah, in the that's Pacific? that's bad. That's terrible. That, I mean, that's cannot lose. miles of fucking road that we have to cover again. And that, that makes, like, all the other games harder after that. And then you lose a couple of those. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's frustrating. Gotta win. It's frustrating. But, yeah, gotta win. Uh, I wanted to do a real, real, real quick thing on some Edmonton uh, calmness that had some predictions in their respective newspapers. <laughs> I'm not going to really name names. Uh, we may put the picture up at some That's point. That's Jenks' favorite saying. I'm not going to name names, but I'll put their picture up we're gonna the names put their, in it. We're going to put their picture up because, <laughs> well, not right away on which our Which has Twitter. their names in it. Yeah, which has their names <laughs> in it. But it won't be our picture. It will be the picture that is published from their respective publications. Now, we'll put it up at the end of the season. How many newspapers do they have in Edmonton? I have no idea. They probably have the Sun. They probably have a Herald equivalent. They probably Edmonton have Journal, don't they? Edmonton Journal, whatever, whatever, whatever paper that shithole has. It doesn't matter to me. So we're gonna put that picture up at the end of the season to show how poor their predictions were. In fairness, you know there are a lot of aspects of the season that people weren't able to predict, i.e., Las Vegas being the prevalent one, but. One of these guys, actually two of these four guys, uh, predicted that the Oilers would make the final of the Stanley Cup. Both would be playing, and both said that they'd be playing the Pittsburgh Penguins in the final. One said the Oilers would win the Cup. The other one said they would lose the Cup. And, yeah, that's not even fucking close to what's happening in reality. Uh, they also said that the best, all four of them said the best Canadian team of the season will be the Oilers. Because that's not biased at all. And uh, one of them said the most disappointing team in the season will be the Flames. So there's going to be a gigantic middle finger to the one guy in particular. Because he basically said the Flames were going to be the worst team in the league. 
He also said that we finished ninth in the conference, which ironically is not even fucking close to even where they are. So um, we're going to call these guys out at the end of the season. I'm sure people can find out who these people are, but you cannot be this biased in a publication. Like journalism is not <laughs> about being a complete moron too. <laughs> That's like, that's like was that's no like reason. populism journalism. I know, but there was there was no reason for you to think that the Oilers would win the cup. There was no reason. Like <laughs> there, like if you truly are a fan, you should know better. You you did not. You marginally improved your team after last season, marginally. Like it, it was like just the slightest of margins. Okay, and they couldn't even pass the second round. So. To think that you're going to win the cup the next season without really doing anything different, there's something wrong with what you. What did they do to improve? They lost Taylor Hall. Right, but like... They lost Eberle. My point is that they probably gel more as a team right now because they played... For, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Clearly. Yeah, so they've obviously regressed Look at that, that gel. Give yeah. me some of that. So Excellent sticking power. You know, like, it just... Like, fuck me. Like, this is not even close. Like, all these guys are like, Oilers Conference finished first, second, first, second. Like, get a fucking clue. Like, <laughs> you guys, like, you can't That's be not in biased. the Pacific. That's in the West. That's a conference finish, yes. Yeah. So, and That's ahead of Nashville, St. Louis, Winnipeg. These guys thought that Dreisaitl was going to get 90 points or above. Like, fuck. You, are you nuts? Anyway, so this is the problem with being, you know, a journalist. You know, your stuff's on paper forever. And unfortunately, you get subject to this kind of uh, hazing afterwards. It's no different than the podcast. Although we only have maybe 20 listeners consistently, <laughs> they can easily go back to a podcast. Like, they probably actually, one has gone back to me saying, like, you're way too harsh on Dougie. Yeah, you're right. I was. I'll take it. But I also didn't say that he was absolute dog shit or. I didn't say that he's going to be the best defender of all time. These columnists are basically saying the Oilers are going to be, this is going to be the start of their dynasty. <laughs> oh, man. When in reality, you should be relegated from the NHL. Like, they need to actually introduce re relegation into this league because of you. I think you guys are tanking again to try again a first overall again. So that would make it number five in like eight years. So I don't really know what else. You can't suck for this long and, and still expect to be in the league. Like, I think there should be a petition start to get the Oilers kicked out of the Well, there's NHL. a reason why you lose to Arizona. Yeah, like, I think these guys are literally tanking right now. I think that's what they're doing because they're really not that far off from, from bottom, from the bottom here. It's doable. And if, if there's anyone that can succeed at failing in this, in this league, it's them. They, they are perpetual success at failure. Like, they just... They know how to do it. Uh, so they're incredibly experienced at it. I don't think I could actually explain how good they are at failing. <laughs> there are no words in the language of English that can help me explain to everybody listening that they are so good at failing. So don't say ne never say never. They could actually finish dead last this season. Flames fans, it's almost time for the Boston game. Enjoy the game. <laughs> at, least, at least we are not Edmonton. At least we are not. Have yourselves a, a wonderful rest of the family day. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the Olympics. Enjoy the weather. Take care. Bye-bye.